All right, welcome, welcome. Hey, a couple quick announcements. Um, this, oh, in fact, we had our men's and women's breakfast yesterday. So the ladies came in and had a good uh, group inside. And so we'll, I, the ladies, I think, initially said right from the beginning they want to do that every month. But the guys get outside. We go outside all the time, right? So we like to be in the cold air with the airplanes and helicopters. So uh, we're glad all the ladies got to come. Couple things this uh, this coming week for our food ministry outreach. Friday is the setup day, one o'clock, where the the food comes in and the tables are set up in the fellowship hall. So that's at one o'clock. Usually it's between one and four o'clock. If any of you would like to come and help offload and get things set on the table, that happens on Friday. And then we serve on Saturday. So Saturday it starts. Uh, for the people that are coming for food at 10, but we gather about 9.30 or so just to kind of get everybody prepared uh, to serve our, our community. So that's this coming Saturday. And we could show you, guys and ladies, we have some carts that we used this last time to uh, help get people some of their food to the cars. I think, um, and some of the guys can correct, probably we do 30 cars that we actually take food to, or so it seemed like, or maybe it seemed like 100. Uh, that we went to, but we have carts that can do that. But if you'd like to come and serve, um, 9.30 on Saturday, and we've been usually done 11, 11, it just depends uh, on there. So that's coming up. Also, um, if you give online, we, we changed the giving platform. So if you go to, in fact, we have an image of, if you go to the website and if you give online, it's going to show something just like this. It is the Hills Church, it is safe, you can give uh, by debit or credit card, or I set up to do by check because it's only a 30 cent fee that it charges. So uh, if you're still giving online the old way, that'll be open for at least another month or so while we switch over to this database with this online giving as well too. All right, well I have uh, one verse for our tithes and offerings today. In fact, I'm gonna use this in my message. And this is Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19, and it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make good? One, we know this, God is not a man, right? The other one is God has never lied. Raise your hand if you've never lied. You notice how quickly I've just put my hand, right? Got a few of you liars put your hand up. <laughs> you know, we had a rule growing up. It was always, if you told the truth, you're going to get in much less trouble than if I find out you lied. Right? That's the, that's the big one. Well, God is not a, so God doesn't lie. He doesn't have to repent for what he did. He will make good on his promises. So as we do each and every week, we're going to put up a prayer on the screen. And I encourage you to pray it along with me. But you pray it individually out of your heart to your Father God. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I thank you, Father, for your voice speaking even now into my life. Your promises are for me, and by faith I trust in you. Teach me to manage all of my resources according to your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
And if you're giving in service, um, there's an envelope in the seat back pocket and you can give to the slot that's on the wall as you exit by the sound booth. And you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. You can also find our P.O. box and you can download today's what? Free raffle? No, free, free raffle. Free message note. Uh, all right. Well, if you have your Bibles, a couple places I'd like you to open to Joshua 24. I'm going to go through uh, several uh, verses today. Joshua chapter 24, and oh, we'll keep a few other ones uh, there as well, too. But my title today is Promises. In fact, we, we looked at last week in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 at the end, where Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wanted to read again in Joshua 24 exactly what we read last week and what Joshua said to all of the children of Israel. His time was about up, but he wanted to make sure that these things were established in the people as they went forward. And actually, we pick this up in verse 13, Joshua 24, 13, where God says, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Let's say all that together, ready? Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And here's what he ended with, and let's say this together. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? That's, that's his prayer. So, Lord, we pray today that we go back and we remember your promises over our life and that we say in our homes, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, Joshua gets to say this, but we looked at last week before they ever entered the promised land, God had him specifically meditate and be in the word day and night. Any of you ever heard the word binge watching? Hey, used to be used of something else. I won't say what it used to be, right? Binge watching is what? There's a show on, there's 37 episodes, and you sit down and you watch all 37, right? Because I had Monday off. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, binge watch, right? What did you do this weekend? Oh, I got through this series. Well, what episode? All of them. All of them? Raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. All right. So Joshua, the Lord says, before you ever cross the Jordan River, before there's ever a miracle of the water stopping, before a battle is fought, before you enter in the promised land, I want you to meditate on my promises. In fact, he goes on and he says, so that you'll be strong and so that you'll be courageous. 
one of the best parenting advices that we ever got from a pastor friend was, and it seems so simple, never promise your children something that you can't fulfill. Daddy, daddy, yeah. What do you, can I have a pony for my birthday? Sure, what color? I want a pink pony. Can I please have a pink pony for my birthday? Sure. Birthday shows up. Where's my pink pony? Oh, I thought you were kidding. You promised. I know that seems silly, right? But many times parents promise things that they know that they're not going to do just to kind of get the kids to be quiet. Oh, we got this new cough syrup. Come here. Oh, no, no, I don't like that. Oh, no, no, it tastes just like ice cream. Oh, really? Bloom, right, you hit them. My mom talked about getting cod liver oil as a child, right? That in. Uh, we've all been promised. Maybe you were promised a promotion that you didn't get. You know, we, we always have promises. Man and woman come together at the altar and they promise that they'll love one another until death do us part. And then you're shocked after a year that they divorce. Didn't you just promise? All of these things that are promised and yet we go back to the promises of God. You know, when, when God first spoke, and we'll look at it in a minute, when God first spoke about a land in Genesis 12, we know that eventually the children of Israel are going to be in bondage in Egypt, but we know Moses is going to lead them out. And they're somewhere in an area of 11 to 19 days that Bible scholars have looked at to say, if they left Egypt, if they got through the Red Sea, in somewhere between 11 and 19 days, they would have been in the promised land, right? Walking, several million people, animals, the whole bit. You know how long it took them? 40 years. Well, wait, didn't God promise that? He sure did, right? Wasn't he doing his part? He sure was. Well, what happened? They were grumbling, they were complaining, they're wandering in the desert, they're thirsty, they're hungry, I don't like manna, 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 manna's terrible. They were complaining. And they wandered in a big circle for 40 years, yet God promised them this land. So I want you to do this today. In fact, I think some of us all fall within a couple areas. Maybe you've had promises that you know the Lord has spoken over your life that have not come to pass. I want you to revisit those even today. Maybe you have it written in a Bible or you have it on a note somewhere. I want you to revisit those promises that he has today. Maybe you haven't received a specific promise, assignment from the Lord. Well, this is your day also to open up your heart like the rest of us to listen in on what he said. You know, Jeremiah 33 and I want to look at this in two translations. New King James, Jeremiah says this that God says, Call to me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Notice what it starts with. Call to me and I will show you. Well, another translation, New Living says this. Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets that you do not know about the things to come. You know, we also read in Jeremiah 11, and I always got this uh, other picture that it's almost like God is playing hide and seek with us. He knows the promise, 
He knows the answer, but am I seeking him? When I used to play hide and seek with my daughter, I would hide in our closet, but I would stick my toes out. She'd find me every time, right? Every time. Because I knew if I actually hid, I'd probably scare her. But I made it to where she could find me. God is not making this impossible or difficult. You don't have to hit a certain age to do it. In fact, he makes it very simple. Call to me. Ask me. Ask me. But part of this, as we remember, we're reading in the Bible the promises that God has for our lives. We read earlier, but I want to read again. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 reminds us again, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make good? 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has, there has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. He hasn't missed one. You ever promised something and you didn't fulfill it? Somebody reminded you? God has not failed on any promise. He's not going to lie. He's not going to tell you something just to make you feel good, to get you on another day. He's not like that at all. That's why we read these things and we remember the scriptures. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17 reminds us of this. In fact, the Apostle Paul captures this and says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Notice the beginning. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In fact, some of the translations say all scripture is inspired by God. And yet the original language says this, that scripture is God breathed. Everybody take in a deep breath. <sighs> Breathe out. You ever been in a pool underwater? Somebody's holding you down. Anybody ever that before? And they're holding you down, holding you down. What do you do? You freak out, right? What do you need? You need breath, right? You need some air to breathe. All scripture is God breathed. God, when he creates uh, Adam and he makes him out of the dust of the ground, he could have just said, right, Adam, get up. But what did he do? He breathed life into his nostrils. When you were born, whether you came out cesarean or whether you were born naturally, it's amazing that most of the kids don't do anything at first, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Your first spanking. No. Swat. And what do the little kids do? Ah! Right? They start screaming. What happens to their lungs? The lungs fill up with air. They haven't been breathing inside of mom. Air. Right? That life. We breathe in. We breathe in that, that life. God breathed his words. So when I read, I'm not reading stories, historical content. I'm reading the very thing that God wanted us to have that he inspired himself, that Jesus, his son, 
fulfilled. And so the Apostle Paul, in fact, the Apostle Paul mentions certain things. And in fact, I thought about this this morning. I wasn't going to wear a coat, and then it's raining. So I throw on, I put on a coat, like many of you probably did. The Apostle Paul also, I believe, wanted us to remember that daily we put on Christ. I put him on. In fact, I, I'm to live that way. Wouldn't it be weird if I lived in this coat every day? Wouldn't you say something in a couple Sundays? Or you'd ask my wife, does he have another? Do we need to get him a coat? Do we need to get him a plaid coat to match our worship team? Because they all wear plaid, you know, all the time. You'd probably, but I need to put him on. The Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11.1. And he says, imitate me. He didn't stop there. There's not a period, is there? As I also imitate Christ. I'm imitating him. Well, read about the Apostle Paul. All that he did, all that he suffered for the Lord, where he went and preached for the Lord, it's putting him on in every situation. I remember that's part of his promise. I put him on. I put that word that he's given me on. It's part of my life. But normally what we do is when we get in trouble, that's when we begin to pray. What verse was that again that we read in Kings? Trouble does that sometimes. But God's not a God of trying to get us to talk to him in trouble. God is a God of relationship. That open communication. He sent Jesus to us, to walk among us. He wants us to have that constant conversation, that prayer, that prayer without ceasing. You know, have you ever done this? Maybe you've texted somebody six times, seven times, eight times. If they don't reply, are you going to just keep texting them back? No, usually you send them symbols and different things. If you call somebody and you leave six voice messages and they never call back, you're probably not going to call back, right? Just part of, part of human nature. Isn't it amazing with God that we know that God listens when we pray? He's attentive to those very promises over our life. He's made each and every one of us unique. He's got these great and precious promises. Now, what we don't do is I don't say, you know what, Michelle, I just read about Noah's Ark. I think that's God's promise over our life. You know what we're going to do in the backyard? We're going to build Noah's Ark, right? Where did you get that from? I, I read that in the book of Genesis. All these animals come. We've got three now. You know, he's going to bring more. I don't try to copy something that was, I'm going to learn from that story that Noah was found righteous and he was going to be faithful in his generation. I don't want to be Joseph. He get a new coat, right? I get this new coat. I don't have to do any work. My brothers do all the work. I get to go out and show off my coat. Now, we look at those promises in the Bible because they're God-breathed to give us instruction. How to be faithful during hard times, resilient times. How, how we follow the Apostle Paul and how he was open to, to minister to people wherever he was, whatever he did, to give us instructions what God was speaking to him. But then I also want to remember, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And I remember there's probably, um, when I think about even all of us in here, there was probably a great-grandparent, a grandma, a mom, a dad, somebody that has been praying for you over your life. And you know what I think is powerful when we pray God's word? 
those prayers don't stop. They weren't, you know, regulated to stop in the year 2017. You know, there was an expiration date. No, his, his word doesn't return void. It's powerful to think that there was somebody probably already praying over you. But now it's our time for our own households that as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. In fact, the Apostle Paul encouraged a young pastor named Timothy with this very verse in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And he uses these words. He says, I want to call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandma Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it's in you also. We see generations. Grandmas, grandpas, great-grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, parents, others that have been praying for us. And the Apostle Paul once encouraged Timothy, there's been faith out there praying, but now I want to encourage you. I want, to, I want you to know that I'm persuaded that it's in you too. You have that ability to listen to him. In fact, Jesus reminds us in Luke 10, 41 through 42, that there's really only one important thing, and we're going to read about who chose it, and he said this in the middle of a sister upset because the other one wasn't serving just like her, and he uses these words. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary chose not to get busy serving, but to sit and listen to what Jesus had to say. And the other sister was upset. Am I taking that time to listen to what he has to say? Now, we won't look at it, but you can write it down or make a note. In Genesis 12, it's amazing who God chooses to give these promises to. We read about a man named Abram that's 75. And we read about his wife, Sarai, that's probably 65 or so. They don't have any kids. There's no history of, of faith or serving God. In fact, the history that we see is they served other gods. Yet God chose them. And the promise over them was, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a nation, right? You're going to have a lot of kids. A nation's going to come from you. and I'm going to bless you. 75 years of age. God always chooses those that naturally, it was like, no, you're missing it. He chooses those that don't have all the qualifications sometimes to give this promise. Was Abram and Sarai perfect in following God? Was every step perfect? No, read about it. He lied, right? He told the Pharaoh in Egypt that his wife wasn't his wife, it was his sister. Can you imagine me doing that? I'm out with Michelle and somebody says, is this your wife? No, that's my sister. She's just a little shorter than me. You know, I'm a little bit taller. That would be like, that's terrible. Well, they thought she was good looking. So those of you 65 and up, the Pharaoh thought you were good looking. How's that, right? That's pretty good. He brings Lot, not supposed to take anybody with him. Lot causes trouble. I mean, all along, he's learning, he's learning. He's coming back to the Lord. He's building a place of worship. He's remembering this promise. This promise, this promise, this promise. And 25 years after the promise, he has this baby Isaac. 
but he kept following the Lord. In fact, a couple more scriptures here. Romans chapter 40, verse 20 through 22, says this about Abraham after his name was changed. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Listen to that one part. He was fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. A 75-year-old man with no children, his wife can't have children. He would have this land that God would show him. He would have a nation through whom God would work and show through. He would have a blessing that would come over him. So God always promises those things that, one is, I can't see it, and I know I can't do it. That's when you know it's God. If he tells you to do something, you know, I can get it done here, what is it, 11.05? We'll be done about 11.15. I can get it done then. Well, that's probably not a big God-sized vision, is it? No, he always gives you those things that look so impossible. How is this? He would choose. No, choose them. You know, it kind of is a bad analogy. Peter Parker, anybody know who Peter Parker is? All right. Um, You wouldn't think of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, would you? He's Spider-Man, right? It's kind of like that analogy of we, we sometimes see ourselves as a Peter Parker or somebody, but you know what God sees? God sees that promise operating in your life. Are you fully convinced? Are you fully convinced? Last verse. Psalm 145.4. One generation shall praise your works to another and declare your mighty acts. We're to pass this on to generations. In fact, there's something very important for God's promises active in your life. It's to pass that on to the next generation, to teach them about God. That's what happened in the Old Testament we see was to continue to teach and to train and to pass these on to the next generation. Whether they're listening to you about it today, but keep passing those things on. You know, it's funny when you talk like when your kids were younger and they were like, Wait a minute, you didn't have cell phones growing up? No. How did you survive? Like if you were running late, home for dinner, what did you do? You just showed up late, right? You couldn't text? No, you couldn't do any of that. You didn't have air conditioning in your car? What kind of car did your parents buy? They didn't come with air conditioning. We had air conditioning in our house. What? How did you survive? Right? How did you like, how did you live? We rode around the back of pickup trucks. Remember that? You did. You're crazy, you stunt man. Right? It's just what you. It's just what you did, right? You, you did all of those type of things. You didn't have GPS. How did you know how to get around? Well, we had maps. <laughs> pull them out. Pull out the big map or a Thomas guy. You didn't have GPS. I mean, you didn't have internet. You didn't have DoorDash. Yeah, yeah. It was me going out to get it, bring it back to mom, right? Go and get it out. It's interesting, right? All of those things. But one generation shall praise his works. 
to another. Let's not get too busy in doing our things that we're not thinking about the other generation. You know, we, last story, we had, um, we had saved up for three years when our kids were little to go on the Disney cruise. In fact, Maverick doesn't even, he was so, I think he was only two. He doesn't even remember it, which is kind of a bummer. And so three years we saved up, so we go on and take him on a Disney cruise. Like all the kids here are like, what? Yeah, dad? No, don't tell him that. Yeah. So we're at dinner, you know, every night you're at dinner and there's families all sitting around you. And we watched this one family every night at dinner. They had two young girls. This was before iPads. And they had these like DVD players. And they would sit at the table and they'd pop up two of these DVD players and the kids were like transfixed on videos, right? While mom and dad had dinner and did their thing, not paying any attention. And I, I remembered that. I thought, here you, you know, us, we're saving and want to go on this great, take our kids on this fun cruise. And here's another one that kids are completely isolated. I think that's a good picture today that we don't forget about the promises in our life, but we're passing these on to a generation because it is, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. If you're a great grandparent, a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, maybe you're a nephew or a cousin, pray for your family. Be that one that's standing in the gap. There's something powerful when you pray. In fact, the greatest thing about God's promise, when I get the focus off of me and onto others, watch what he does in your, in your life. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We remember Joshua that before he ever did anything for you, he was a warrior, a military man, a leader. He had a heart for you, but you had him in his word to meditate the promises. Lord, I, I pray that so many times we want something so fast, but you're teaching us and telling us to humble ourselves before you, to be in your word, to listen, incline our ears to your sayings. Tune our hearts in to listen to you. So, Father, I pray for all of us, me included, that the scriptures that we read, that we remember and believe are God-breathed over us. Lord, we pray over even our children, our grandchildren, some with great-grandchildren. Father, speak to us and use us to declare your goodness to the next generation. May they see the faithfulness of God. May they experience your power. And Lord, I thank you again that you confirm all of this in our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Stand with me if you would, and we're going to close.